Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Cute Monster Show. I'm your host, Vincent Daly. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with hip-hop music and spoken word artist, Belief. Here's a track from his latest album titled, In Fatherhood. Look what you did to me, this is some mystery Don't worry about hard times, cause it all become history Now look at all this time we got, and I know it won't last forever But as long as we together, I ain't never gonna leave you ever I'm probably gonna let you down, but I'll always lift you up That means I'm praying for you, boy Yeah, I'm praying for you, shawty, he got plans for you I'm example of a man for you, that's a lot of weight Oh, that's a lot of weight, oh, that's a lot of weight Hi, Belief, and welcome to the Q Monster Show How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I am fantastic. Fantastic. I wanted to talk to you about your new album titled In Fatherhood. It has the feel of a personal journey. There's a track on it called You're Okay that just resonates on so many levels. To me personally, as a dad, it captured that transformation a man experiences when making the shift from independent self to fatherhood. I mean, there's pain, there's love, self-discovery, and hope all wrapped into one. And I was hoping you could elaborate about this track in particular, specifically the process of its creation and what it personally meant to you. Well, um, the, 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 the creation of the track actually happened during a day um, that I actually recorded on, on my, my uh, blog episode, my blog series, Brief Fatherhood, uh, where it was just a rough day. You know, the kids just kept losing <laughs> you know um <laughs> there was a uh you know a big poop explosion you know from my my, my youngest uh, at the time and then um the other one peed all over the floor and then he peed again you know what i'm saying and it was yeah. just like that thing and you can tell that they were like kind of scared to come to me you know especially the oldest he was like man like embarrassed and crying like man i failed you know and um it just was one of those things where it was kind of like man like i want you to know like no matter how hard it gets no matter how bad you mess up, I'm still here and we're okay with each other, you know? And so you're okay with me. It's just one of those things where you hear a lot of people say, and I always say it, you know, not really intentionally, but just saying like, Hey man, you're okay, buddy. If you fall and hurt yourself or you're okay, you're okay. You're okay. Encourage yourself in, in, in a way. So yeah, that's kind of the conception of it, but it, it's just about the weight of fatherhood. I don't think a lot of people talk about the weight and it's just like so much pressure for me to raise men and be the example of a man for, for a daughter. You know what I'm saying? Or, or be an example of a man for a man. You know, it's just so much weight and pressure. And I don't really realize how, I don't know if men realize how great this thing is, you know? Did you have any expectations or did you have any, did you talk to anybody prior to becoming a dad to just get a kind of a feel of what you might expect? Well, I mean, you hear people talk about it all the time and, um, they talk about it with like this, um, it's like a catastrophe beauty thing. Oh man, it's the hardest thing, but the greatest thing, but it's so hard, but it's great. You right. know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, well, I'm not really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, then, you, don't, you don't know uh, you whether know, to run or embrace it. Yeah. And so, um, what happens is when you find out that, you know, you're about to have a child, everybody's opinions come, you know, it's going to change you. It's going to change. you, It's going to change you. And you hear it, but you kind of block it out because you're so nervous and anxious um, and then when it happens, it, it does change you, you know? Um, so people always try to give advice, but I don't think I was really hearing anything at the time. You know, I just was kind of like just stuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. I mean, ultimately your experience is your own, so it, you kind of mm -hmm. have to find your own way. Exactly. You know, um, I think, uh, 
I think that's the part of the thing is like everyone's experience is going to be different and everyone's challenge. Like people have different kids. There's no, you know, right or wrong way. You know, there, of course there's like horrible things that you could do to your kids, but I mean, there's nobody who's like an expert on your child, but you, you know, I agree. I agree. There's, There's no such thing as one size fits all. Exactly. So I wanted to know a little bit about your artistic influences growing up. Was it all about music? Was it something else? Uh, you know, I really, I really like movies. I was just kind of a kid who just liked to sit and watch and observe. Um, I, I, I fell in love with hip hop at, at like 13, you know, I was walking on my way to school. Um, I missed the bus that day and I was walking and I had my Walkman, you know, I had a tape, you know, tape cassettes, you know, yes. and I was walking and on the ground, I'm, I'm looking down because the journey was so long and I'm looking down and I saw this tape. And it said, uh, proceed on it. And I, I just knew it was going to be garbage, but I was like, oh man, this is cool. I'm going to pick it up. The cover looked cool. So I put it in my Walkman and I just bumped it. And so that was actually the roots who now is like, you know, uh, the, the, the cover, the, the house band for Jimmy Fallon, you know? Um, and it was a song called I shall proceed. And at the sign, at the, at the, uh, at, at the beginning of the song, I was, uh, you know, at the time I was struggling with suicide. And so at the beginning of the song, um, the first line was, just think, what if you could just, just blink yourself away? And it just like really hit me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I got to school and in between classes and all day I was listening to this song and it just became like the soundtrack for like my movement towards hip hop. I got really into comedy. I really loved Dave Chappelle. Um, you know, he was like the, the, the comedian that I liked to watch growing up in high school. And then, um, you know, kind of one of those things where I just really loved, uh, movies. I really liked to watch cartoons. And so all type of art was interesting to me. Were you more of a alone person in terms of your development or were you, did you work in a group? I mean, how, how did that form? How did you form to be belief? Okay, well, you know, it, it actually occurred way later. I was always just a fan, and I was just a bystander kind of in the stands watching. And so it didn't actually happen until I started going to church um, at 19 after I moved out. Or I'm sorry, 21, 20. And I moved out to California, and um, I met this guy uh, named Ruslan, and he was just kind of like a rapper, a local rapper, and he was a white dude. You know what I'm saying? He was like, hey, man, can you rap? And I was like, nah. He was like, well, look, I need a DJ. You should join my band. I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't really want to, you know, be in a band, you know what I'm saying, or rap, so no thank you. You know, and he just was very consistent, and he gave me his turntables, and I got really good at it really fast. And so I started out as a DJ, and then I kind of edged into poetry and started, like, you know, going to open mics and stuff like that. And then eventually um, I realized that I had so much to say um, throughout, like, the depression and suicide and all the thoughts that I was having in my head, I, I wanted to be more of a storyteller. And so I started spitting. So technically, belief, as as an entity, the artist is a storyteller because I just use different platforms to tell stories. I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, me being from Baltimore, you know, Maryland, you know what I mean, where it's kind of like a rough place to grow up, and then coming to California which gave, it gave me a super great advantage because there was a hustle that I got from Baltimore that no one else could teach me. It's like, you know, you meet people from New York um, and their pace is so fast. You know, they walk fast. They, they don't hold the door like they just go, you know, and I had that hustle um, meets this real West Coast swingy, stylistic, slick, like laid back, you know, style. And um, when you merge those two pieces together, I look different. 
you know, I sounded different from all the other people I was hanging around. And so I think it gave people a, a different advantage or, um, you know, view of me, you know, cause they're like, Oh, he's West coast, but he has, he's, he's always on in the pocket on in the beat. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, it just, it just came from like watching everybody else and just merging my own styles. I actually learned that from sales. I worked at men's warehouse <laughs> and, uh, I was selling suits and, um, I started as like a guy who was like selling shirts and ties into like a suit salesman. And so what they did was they told me, take all these different styles from all these other salesmen and just make your own. And so that's what I did. I took all my favorite rappers, Black Thought, um, some of the members of Wu-Tang Method, Method Man, ODB, and like all these different uh, characters that I saw. And I just merged my own style. Did you have a sort of epiphany, like a moment of clarity where you said, okay, this is my style. I've arrived, uh, you know, it's sort of like when you first became Spider-Man or something, you know, that origin story where you had that aha moment where it, it was so crystal clear what you needed to do and where you were going. No, well, um, not really. I, I, I knew that I wasn't, I knew that I was always like, I know I'm better than what I'm doing. I just don't know how to articulate it, you know? And so for a while I was always, um, I started out as a DJ. So that means, I, I would I was a DJ who rapped, so I I could get like two or three verses on an album, and so what happened was I got into this style of always featuring, you know, so I was always like featuring belief or like this I only got one verse on the record, so I would always have an opportunity to cut, try out different styles, whatever, like without having to commit to anything for a whole album, you know, and so it gave me the ability to just like really. Um, uh, hone a lot of different, uh, you know, stuff, you know, in, in, in my repertoire, you know what I'm saying? So like I had mad styles that I would, I would try out on these verses. And then, uh, once it was time to drop my own record, um, I kind of knew that, I, you know, the style I wanted to go was more like a Detroit slum village type of style, but I still don't think I've arrived, even though, you know, I said it's my last record. Like, I still don't, I still think it's way more to do and much more to do with MCing. I think we just kind of cracked it open uh, with the new guys, you know, the mumble rappers, as they call them, um, because they're, every, everybody unlocks a code. And so when you have someone like Kendrick Lamar or really big artists who are doing really well, try something different, that's a way that everybody's going to follow. So as people start experimenting with different languages and doing like different styles of mumble rap, I think, it's so much for us to conquer. And so um, I, don't, I still don't think I'm done developing as an artist. Right. So in a way, you, as an artist, it seems like you'll always be a work in progress. Exactly. You know, because we are, we are publishers, we're not finishers. No song is ever really complete. There's always something else you can add to it. Well, let's fast forward a bit and incorporate fatherhood. What, yeah. uh, how does art and music inform you and in how you raise your kids? Uh... You know, I don't, I, it doesn't, uh, well, here, here's one, here's one way. Uh, I, I don't think I was ever built to be like a student in, in, in an academic uh, traditional sense. Um, and so as I look at my kids and I look at their strengths and weaknesses at, at the age of four and, and two and three and, uh, you know, an infant, I, I look at them and I'm saying, okay, what are you telling me about yourself? Uh, I wish someone would have noticed my interest in uh, arts um, and movies earlier. You know, I wish someone would have um, kind of gave me the tools that could have made me excel earlier. But, uh, you know, everyone kind of puts a traditional, they, everyone looks at everyone traditionally, you know, so they say, okay, you're going to go to the four year, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And that's what I was kind of forced to do when I realized, like, yo, I hate school so much, I'm going to avoid it at all costs, you know. And um, 
I think that's kind of how it influences me to be like, man, like this kid can be whatever. And I don't want to um, stunt his growth. So I'm going to allow him to be as creative as possible and as different as possible because he's weird. You know what I'm saying? Like both my kids are weird, you know? And so um, we got to celebrate the weirdos. That's how art has influenced me um, as a parent. But more so, music comes from, my music now comes from a place of being a father, you know? Weirdness changes the paradigm. It, It changes the conversation. So it's a good thing. Definitely. So being a father, being a stay-at-home dad requires patience, a sense of humor, dedication, you name it. What advice would you give to new dads just starting this journey? Um, you know, uh, for new dads, I would just say enjoy the process, you know, enjoy every single moment because like everyone else says, you know, you'll blink, you'll blink and it'll be over. And so it's like one of those things where it's like if you, if you blink, you'll miss it. And so I would just encourage every, every father and every new father to enjoy when they can't hold their head up because they, they get to lean on your shoulder. Um, to enjoy when they can't crawl because that means they can't get away from you, you know, and soon you're going to just want to cuddle and you can't cuddle because they're going to want to climb on something. Um, and so I'm realizing now how important uh, the little things are. I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine. His daughter just turned 18. She's about to leave for college. And he's telling me, he's like, man, like you just don't, you're feel. I'm feeling the weight of the distance in my schedule, and I wish I had more time. And da, 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 da. It's just, it's crazy, you know. So I would say, just enjoy uh, the small things, the moments now. So, how about yourself for the future? I mean, where do you see yourself as both an artist and a father a few years from now, five years from now? I mean, do you have a, a sense of where you're going, or are you just kind of seeing how things play out day by day? Uh, you know, I, I want to be. Uh, I want to be the inspiration to the influencers. I want to be the influence the influencers. I feel like I've always been in a kind of big brother role, you know. Um, and so I like to have my, my thumb in the industry um, as, a, um, as a spokesperson and someone who can speak about uh, different artists, you know, um, who's coming up and stuff like that. I want to be like that guy as far as uh, music is concerned. Um, and then as, as fatherhood and, and, and media, YouTube, I want to be the best, you know, I want to be the best family vlogger to exist. (laughs) I want to, um, I want to be able to speak to brands and and tell them a perspective. And I, and I want to like really shed some light on black fatherhood specifically, uh, because I feel like that's one of the things that is kind of like misrepresented most, um, in culture is that, you know, you know, black dads aren't around, you know? And so right now, um, I, I believe that it's, it's prime time for me. I feel like I'm just getting started. I've just kind of found my sweet spot and I can't work fast enough. Um, I, I want to, you know, my wife currently still has a job. I want to get her in a position where she doesn't have to work. Um, and so that I can just, you know, be a creative and um, put other people on, you know? And so um, I'm really excited for the future. Uh, five years from now, um, you know, all I know is I want to hit 100,000 subscribers this year. I have 24K currently. Um, so it's a long, you know, we're six months in and it, it's, it's a long way. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. I'm, I'm, everything excites me right now. Do you have any projects in the works going on now or in the immediate future you'd like to mention to our audience? Yeah, um, I just put out a video um, and it's called uh, Black, Black Father Exposed. And it's just about um, elevating, you know, uh, black fathers on Father's Day. Um, and so a lot of people on Father's Day will say, oh, man, you know, my dad wasn't around, so here's a picture of my mom, 
You know what I'm saying? But you do know fathers that are around, you know, even if they're not your own fathers and people who have been uh, kind of mentors to us. And so just bring, I, I don't want, I don't want fathers to look like Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin. You know what I'm saying? I don't <laughs> want us to be fumbling, kind of trying to figure it out and just always messing up. I want us to be leaders. I want us to be, uh, men of intent and intention and leaders and pillars in the community. And so um, that's really what I'm trying to elevate. Uh, belief in fatherhood on YouTube uh, is a very fast-growing, authentic family vlog. Um, and it's, it's episodic, and it's, it's, it's really good. I think it's funny. I think it's real. Um, it, it probably needs to be censored in some way because of all the poop and throw-up, but I don't really care. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just honest. And so... Yeah, if you guys want to check that out, and also um, the In Fatherhood album, there's no way um, that I'm going to be done making music, but I am not putting out any more albums, so this is the last project that you can get as a whole. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I wanted to thank you today, Belief, for joining me on the Cute Monster Show. It was really a pleasure and an honor to have you on, and I hope you'll join me again in the future. I would love to. Thank you so much, Vincent. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, I'm Vincent Daly, and this is the Cute Monster Show. Signing off.